0: It's good to be with you this morning as we open God's Word and think about uh, some things this morning. I really didn't know what to title this lesson, so maybe y'all can help me out. Uh, by the time we get to the end of it, maybe y'all got a good title, I don't know, but uh, I guess um, what we'll talk about today. I've been thinking a little bit about. Uh, recently, went to a, a funeral and kind of got me thinking down these lines. But um, you know, I just got to thinking when when the end is here and when I'm standing at judgment, uh, what will be the things that I'm like? I really wish I would have done more of this. You know, um, and you know, we talked a lot in our Bible class this morning. We were in Matthew 25 talking about being prepared, uh, being prepared for when the Son of Man comes, being prepared for judgment. Um, uh, and so, you know, some of those things been, been in my mind lately and, uh, just hoping to talk through some of those things with you, uh, this morning. Go to Ecclesiastes 7, we'll start here, um. Uh, Ecclesiastes 7, beginning in verse 1. A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of one's birth. Better to go to the house of mourning than to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will take it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by a sad countenance the heart is made better. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the, is in the house of mirth. So you see there in verse 1, and the day of death is better than one, the day of one's birth. Kind of a odd statement by itself, you know, just um, the idea of uh, the day of death being better than the day of birth. I think I understand what he's saying, but... Verse two: Better to go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will take it to heart. And so, what's he mean by that? What's what's uh, what's the writer mean? what it what he? What's the point he's trying to get across? This idea, and the living will take it to heart. So you know, uh, we're supposed to be thinking about the end. We're supposed to. Um, dwell on those things and he's saying it's good that you go to the house of mourning uh, so that will happen so that you will think about the end because it is coming to all of us and those things are important sorrow is better than laughter for by sad countenance the heart is made better alright and so um, you know here again this, this, this statement sorrow is better than laughter um <clears throat> For by a sad countenance the heart is made better. And so, you know, you just think about that for a minute. That if it's all joyous all the time, there's really no challenge for us. There's no reason for us to contemplate uh, hard things. Uh, and he's saying uh, our heart is better off uh, in uh, uh, thinking about that time. Um The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, verse four. But the heart of fools is in the house of mirth, and so, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty pretty clear language here. The heart of fools is in the house of mirth. Uh, You know, so uh, he's saying, you know, don't always be in that spot. Be, uh, be in this house of mourning because it's going to make your heart better. Uh, The living are going to take it to heart, and so, uh, thinking about. Those things is a good thing, uh, not a bad thing. And so here's kind of a list of things that that I had kind of come up with, you know, in thinking about uh, the end and thinking about uh, when I'm standing in judgment, uh, what's going to be on my mind? Uh, what will I wish I have done more of? What will I wish I had done less of? Uh, what do I do today that's really not going to matter in the end? What things do I know to do today that I'm not doing for any reason? You know, I could just uh, just say I can tell myself I don't have time for that. Uh, we're always able to come up with some excuse to dodge responsibility. Who, uh, who will I wish I spent? More time with, who will I wish I had spent less time with? Uh, and so here again, um, trying to think through uh, what, when I am standing in judgment, what I will have wish I had done. And so, you know, we don't want to always live in this uh, idea of what I wish I would have done. We want to take those things and apply them. We want to take those things, process them now, think about them now, and then change our action. It's not, It doesn't do us any good to just uh, think about it. Psalms 90 and in verse 10, The days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength they are 80 years, yet their boast is in only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off, and we fly away. So, I just want to talk through some math for you uh, here in the next few slides, just just in thinking about how much time we have, because, you know, the Bible tells us that uh, right here that uh, our days are about 70 years. That's about what we should expect, and if by reason of strength, uh, I I don't know, I think of Caleb here. I don't know why, but, you know, I think of him being strong at at an older age. Uh, That's just who I think about, but, you know, if by reason of strength, uh, we might get 80. I'm going to use 70 for all our discussion today. And so, You know, you think about it, our time here is limited. Our time here is not, uh, it's not like you necessarily have any more time than I do. And certainly in a day, we all have 24 hours. We could break it down into hours. We could break it down into minutes. We could break it down into seconds. But, you know, we all have the same 24 hours. The question is, is what I do with the time that's been allotted to me? What decisions am I making uh, that are are good decisions that when I get to judgment, because judgment's coming... When I get there, I'm going to say I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I spent time doing this. I'm glad I spent time with these people, with that person. Not well. I wish I, I wish I wouldn't have really done that. Um, and so, if you think about 70 years, that's 613,200 hours total. So that's 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 the total hours of 70 years. Uh, Four hundred eight thousand eight hundred hours will be awake, uh, and that totals up to uh, five thousand eight hundred forty hours a year that we're we're probably going to be awake. That's given eight, that, given that we slept eight hours. Uh, for a working person, this average of two to three hours a day, uh, you know, I, we'll break that down a little bit further here in a minute to get to you what I'm, uh, how I come up with that. But you know, we could expect about two to three hours a day, quote-unquote, free time. And, I, you know, free time I'm using very loosely here. Uh, but, uh, you know, that, that would be about right, I think. You know, you maybe you tell me I'm, I'm, I'm wrong a little bit here or there, but I think on average that would be about right. So in a typical week, accounting for the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, I'm going to have about 35 hours, you know, quote-unquote, free time uh, that I'll have to choose. Because reality is we all have responsibilities, you know, either we're in school, we're at work, we're we're doing something, we're raising kids, we're we're, we're feeling, we've got responsibilities in life. It's not like all of our days are just up to do whatever we want to do with. Uh, we have responsibilities. We have God given responsibilities that we have to fulfill. And so, the question here, you know, that 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 lays on me more heavy than the rest is, what am I doing with my free time? With that time that that I really have a lot more freedom to do with what I choose. All right, let's think about from the age 20 to 70, all right? So we're not kids anymore uh, in this example. We're, we're grown-ups, all right, or at least we, we think we are when we're 20. But from age 20 to 70, this is what we'll, we'll discuss, break down here for a minute. So we got 438,000 total hours. That's how long that is. 146,000 hours we're going to be sleeping so 33% of the time we're probably going to be sleeping, alright, so a third of our, our time on in this life is probably going to be spent sleeping uh, 80,000 hours probably going to be spent working, that's a, that's a 40 hour work week you know, I was, I was thinking through this 40 hour work week, I was thinking, you know, I, I don't I don't think many of us in here actually hold to that, I, I, I know myself and you know, Mr. Jerry shaking his head, no way, you know uh, most of us are going to be more than that so, you know, uh, we're going to be on up in the twenty percent somewhere, probably for how much time we're going to spend working. All right, um, and here again, maybe that's up for for us to really contemplate and think through for, for ourselves. You know, why am I working? Why am I working this many hours? What what am I doing? Uh, am, am I spending my hours the way they should be spent? All right, I'm not I'm not telling you one way or the other. I'm just telling you this was based on forty hours. All right, uh, I do think most of us in here that are working work more than that. 10,000 hours spent commuting. Here again, that's that's based on 30 minutes one way. So that's an hour a day for a working day. All right, so um, 2% of our lives is going to be spent in the vehicle. Uh, obviously, uh, I'm just coming up with some averages here. 36,500 hours will be spent eating. That's based on... Uh, I think two or two and a half hours. I think that's two hours a day basically allowed for eating. So about 8% of our day. 18,250 hours will be spent, you know, getting ready, taking a shower, putting on clothes. Uh, and, of course, you know, I think we can increase that for the ladies in here probably. Uh, you know, and, and uh, maybe even some of the fellas. I don't know. But on average, we're going to be about 4% of our, our life. Our waking hours are going to be spent just getting ready taking a shower and such. Uh, this leaves you, so if you, you, know, you kind of do the math here, this leaves you with 147,250 hours of, here again, I'm, I'm calling this free time, quote-unquote free time, all right? If I quit work at the age of 60, uh, the total hours in that last 10 years of life is 87,600. Uh, 58,400 of that is going to be awake, all right? So if I'm retired... For those last 10 years, I just kind of want to splotch that out a minute because I know there's some people in this range. Um, You know, that's about what I've got. That's about what I could expect. Here again, what am I doing with that time? All right, we've all got the same 24 hours in a day. All right, for a working parent, 24 hours, 8 hours sleeping, 8 hours working, an hour commuting back and forth, Two hours eating, that gives you a total of 19 hours. This leaves you with five waking hours, or five hours left, all right? If I get home at 5.30, the kids go to bed at 7.30, that gives me two hours a day to spend with with the kids, all right? That's two hours. You just think about that. I mean, that's just not very long if I am a working parent. I do not have a lot of time with these kids. If I go to bed at 10, this gives me another two and a half hours. Here again, I'm going to call this for the working parent. This is my free time in a given day. And I got to decide what am I going to do with those two and a half hours. All right. So I'm going to bed at 10. I've got, you know, I've got my day set up. I've got it set up. I'm going to bed at 10. I'm getting up at six. That's my eight hours of sleep. All right. So if I go to bed at 10, uh, my kids went down at 7.30 and they actually stay down. They don't get up. So I've got two and a half hours now. What am I gonna do with that two and a half hours? If I have to go to sleep, because I gotta repeat this tomorrow, all right? So am I gonna spend that with my spouse? Am I gonna spend that uh, watching TV? Am I gonna spend that playing video games? Am I gonna spend that reading a book? Am I going to, some of this is getting ready for bed. You know, i got that down there at the end. Some of this, I, I I'm, you know, I take a shower every night, so some of that's kind of uh, over there. Um, Here again, what am I doing? And so, you know, like I started out with, I want all of this to get us, all of us to thinking about, well, this up here, I, I've got to do all that. I, I can't really get out of that, you know. I've got if'm if, if I'm providing for my family, that's something that is a God-given role that I've got to fulfill. I've got to do that that's my responsibility. but when when the time is given back over to me if I want to think about it like that, I, I feel like that's going to be more of the time that, that, that I'm going to be judged on that when I get to the day of judgment when I'm standing there uh, in judgment, you know Lord's gonna be saying, What were you doing watching TV every night? You should have been praying. You should have been reaching out to me. You should have been reading what I had to say to you. You should have been taking care of somebody else. You should have been... You see what I'm saying? And so that's going to be different for all of us. We're all at different stages in life. We all got different sets of responsibilities. But that's what I want us all to think about today. What am I doing with that time? Because we all got some. We all got some of that time where it's really... Up to me what I do with it. All right. All right, so um, for, the, for the stay-at-home moms in here, they got kids at home. Uh, here again, they got the same 24 hours each. All the rest of us do, we're going to give them eight hours to sleep. Uh, they got 10 and a half hours. You know, if you think about while while the spouse is gone, while the daddy's going to work, they got 10 and a half hours with the kids alone 44% of the time. I, that was a lot. I didn't really... <laughs> I don't guess I was totally prepared for that percentage. It helped me to see it in percentages. But two hours a day, so we're going to say daddy gets home. So we got another two and a half hours. So 12 and a half hours a day, mama's got kids with her, all right? That's 52% of the day. That's a lot. Uh, three and a half hours, we're going to call that free time, all right? Um, I think I gave that an, an hour before they get up and two and a half after. So 15% of the day, uh, mama's got to decide what is she going to do with that with that time, uh, and you know uh, if she does all the cooking while the kids are awake, you know that can be in here. But you know you, you probably got other responsibilities. I mean, you see what I'm saying? We're all busy. There's always something to do, you know. And so um, here again, what am I doing with that time? All right, just something for parents. To think about. Obviously, I'm one, so I, I think about these things. Um, from the from the from the time they hit the ground until they're 18, you've got 157,680 total hours that they'll be under your. You know, I'm, I'm just using 18 because that's typically. You know, Corey's going to graduate. He's about about 18. He's headed off. The Greens have had about that much time with Corey. All right. Now that. Corey wasn't with them that whole time. That from that's just total hours, all right? Uh, from birth to 18, that gives you 936 Saturdays. All right. So if, I, if I'm a if I'm a daddy and I'm out working, uh, and I don't work on Saturday, that means I had 936 Saturdays to spend with my child before they're gone. They're out. All right. If my kid's 10, that leaves me about 416 of those. Saturdays, alright? If you're a working parent, you have 32,760 hours with them from birth to 18. That's two hours a day plus 25 hours on the weekend. So that's 12 and a half hours Saturday, 12 and a half hours Sunday, uh, two hours every day. That is not a lot. That is very, very little in my mind. You know, I should have done the percentages on that maybe... Somebody's quicker than I am with the math, but if I think about that as far as a percentage of total hours that they're under my care, that is very little. All right? Here's the question. Am I taking advantage of this time? Am I spending this time selfishly, which is so easy to do, unless it is for me. Maybe everybody else in here is not as selfish as I am. Or am I spending it in taking care of that responsibility that I got. Here again, for your parents, I've got a spouse. Am I spending my time with my spouse like I should? And how do I fit that in? What does that look like? What am I supposed to do there? What are my responsibilities there? Am I doing those things I should do? Here again, what about reading my Bible, praying, meditating, doing all... Doing all those things that I have that I should do, that are my responsibilities, uh, that I know I should do from the Lord. Am I taking time to do those things? Those important things that I should do. And here again, I don't have anything up here about taking care of other people, cooking for other folks, cutting other folks yard. You know, just just doing charitable deeds. Those things take time. Those things require our energy and effort. Psalm thirty-nine. psalm 39 and verse 5 indeed you have made my days as hand breasts and my age is as nothing before you certainly every man at his best state is but a vapor we're here for such a short time we're here and it's gone it's not going to last long it's as hand breasts. it's as a vapor it is not uh, going to last a while you know, we all, I say we all, you know, um, you know I, I don't know, you get, at least I get wrapped up in my day-to-day, and it feels like, uh, obviously, the weeks seem to go by quicker. Uh, the older you get, that does seem to be the case, but still, it seems like I got a little while, till I'm 70, I ain't but 30, I, I, that's 40 years, I got a while. <laughs> Some of the older folks in here smiling, it's going to be gone. It is going to be gone. The seconds are ticking. And those seconds add up in the minutes, and those minutes add up into hours, and it gets gone. Think about in relation to the kids being at home. That's 18 years. It just, whew, it's gone. You know, so it is a vapor. We all understand that. We all grasp that. It's a matter of taking time and really evaluating ourselves and our decisions and what we do day to day. James 4 and in verse 14, "...whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away." 1 Peter 1 and in verse 24, "...all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of the grass. The grass withers and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever." All, right. All flesh is as grass. It's just, it's not, it's not meant to last. It's, we're not meant to be here forever. All right? You know, I, I still remember this. I, I don't remember exactly who gave me this analogy in, in a Bible class when I was a kid. But this is one that has always stuck in me when I think about eternity. I, I just always think about this. Somebody drew a little dot on the wall. And, you know, you can think about it. I'll just do it here. There's my life think about the rest of the room as a timeline of eternity. That's nothing. It's just a speck. It's here. It's gone. It's nothing. And for some reason, it's always stuck with me, that visual image of just... I mean, it's just... It, it, and, you know, we probably need to be drawing a speck smaller than that that you, you couldn't even see. Because eternity will be forever. So what we do here, what we do day to day, what we do with what I'm calling my free time, we're gonna, I'm going to be judging on that. That's what... thats That's going to be where I spend all of eternity. It's going to be based on the decisions I made here in this short little time that the Bible calls a vapor. That's how I'm going to be judged. That's what's going to matter, where I spend all of eternity in heaven or hell based on what I decide to do with my time. Our lives are short. Are we focusing on the things that matter for all of eternity? Because it will matter. You know, I, I think we... In here, we know that, we understand that, we get that. It's important to remind ourselves that it does matter. Uh, Hebrews 9 and verse 27, As it, it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. Matthew chapter 25. We didn't quite get there in our Bible class this morning, but we will next week. Matthew 25 and then verse uh, 31. Verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And He will set the sheep on His right hand but the goats on the left. This time's coming. This time that Jesus talks about it in Matthew 25 is coming. Uh, He's going to divide it. You're going to have the sheep on His right hand and the goats on the left. Uh, and if you you, know, you read the rest of this uh, through the end of chapter 25, we understand that the goats are cast into hell, the sheeps uh, go to heaven for all of eternity. 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5 and in verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Alright? We're all going to appear before the judgment seat and each and every one of us are going to be held accountable for the things that we did. What He has done. Whether good or bad. We're going to be held accountable. 2 Peter 3. In my opinion, 2 Peter 3 has got the most vivid imagery at least for me in my mind on what uh, what will happen uh, to this earth. Second Peter 3 and in verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Some count slackness, but His long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hasting the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. And so since we understand that uh, the things around us will melt with fervent heat, They'll be dissolved. The elements will melt with fervent heat. Again, he mentions that twice. He mentions it in verse 10 and in verse 12. Everything around us is going to be burned up. So what? So what should we do? What should we be doing? Uh, Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be? What's he say? What manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? That's what uh, Peter's appealing to us too. Since you understand that this is temporary, everything that we see before us is going to melt. How ought we to live? That's what he's telling us here. You live in holy conduct and godliness because you understand that this is temporary. This is but a vapor. Our life will be gone. We will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ and will answer for the things that we've done and the things that we didn't do. The things that we knew to do and we decided not to. The things that we, we, we said, My, oh my, I've worked a lot this week and I am just tired. I'm not going to do that. That's not going to go good for us, I don't think. We're going to be held accountable for all those things. Same slide I had on the beginning. Uh, think about these things. Think about... When I am standing before the judgment seat of Christ, what is going on in my life today that I'm going to wish I had done more of? What am I going to wish I had done less of? What am I doing today that's just simply not going to matter in the end that I need to cut out of my life, I need to get just quit doing? Uh, what are the things that I know to do that I'm not doing? Who do I need to be spending more time with and who do I need to be spending less time with? Again, think about the time that we have. Let's wrap up with these few uh, passages. Go to Matthew 6. Matthew 6 and verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures. In heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Philippians 3. Philippians 3, and in verse 20. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which He is able uh, even to subdue all things to Himself. You know, when I get to thinking about, well, why, you know, I I contemplate these things and I identify things in my life that I need to do less of or things I need to do more of, people I need to spend more time with, people I need to spend less time with, things I need to cut out of my life. I realize most of the time, for, for me, it's just a matter of priority. It's a matter of, what am I focused on? I'm getting too wrapped up in this life, is what it boils down to. If I'm if I'm really honest with myself, I'm uh, just not doing the things that I ought to do. I don't have the mindset of my citizenship is not here. My citizenship is elsewhere. And so, if you look in in Hebrews eleven, really beginning of verse seven, uh, you know. The Hebrew writer is de- defining uh, in verses 1 through 6 what faith is and that it, it requires faith to please him, verse 6, but without faith it is possible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is reward of those who diligently seek him. So uh, faith requires that. And he talks about Noah being moved with godly fear to prepare the ark uh, to, to save uh, those of his house. Then he talks about Abraham, Abraham obeying. He was called out of out of Ur and... Uh, he, he did those things that the Lord required him to do. Go to verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunities to return. But now they desire a better... That is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. Here again, I think it's about priorities. It's about our focus. It's about what we view as important, what we put stock in, what uh, we understand or, or how we act uh, around us, the decisions we make. Tell us if we have the faith that these men had. Do we? Are we seeking the homeland beyond? Are we seeking heaven? Are we making those decisions that tell us and everybody around us that we believe that, that we view ourselves as strangers and pilgrims here? Are we making those decisions? Or are we not? That's all I've got for today. Uh, I appreciate your time. I hope that thinking on these things, contemplating the end, uh, thinking about judgment, uh, thinking about our own death, thinking about our life being but a vapor has been helpful for you. I know it's helpful for me to do that. It's helpful for me to, uh, to contemplate those things and try to get my priorities in line, try to get my life in line, try to uh, make sure that I'm doing those things that I ought to do day to day. it is day to day i make those decisions every day what i'm going to do and what i'm not going to do with my time we all make those decisions and so uh if you've been spending your time unwisely if you've been spending your time doing things that you uh shouldn't be doing I, I, i hope that you will change i hope that you will um start doing those things that that you should do um if we can help you in any way, if we can encourage you in any way, as together, uh, I ask that you would come forward as we stand and sing. Just as I. Am.